All right, we are all ready. Success. Let's do this. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Even the Score, a podcast about scores and soundtracks from movies, television, and video games. I am Don, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Anthony and Jason. Hello to you both. Howdy. Uh, So what we are doing here is uh, we are doing basically what a lot of other people were doing during the pandemic. So uh, we decided to start ourselves our own podcast. We were bored. We were shut in. We decided (laughs) to get together and talk about things that we had all in common. But we decided to find something there, which is uh, soundtracks and scores. We all have uh, an interest. Uh, Some of us have an extreme passion. Others just uh, really are interested in talking about the subject matter. But we all decided to get together and just chat about soundtracks and scores from uh, our favorite movies, video games, television shows, basically anything under the sun that's got music attached to it. So I am uh, pleased to uh, to kick off our inaugural episode here in uh, talking with Anthony and Jason uh, about the uh, the topic at hand. So thank you both for uh, for joining in uh, in this crazy endeavor. Hopefully we're going to have some uh, good times with it moving forward. But I thought what we would do is uh, we kind of go over a little bit of what we're looking at doing with the uh, the episodes here. So we are planning on releasing something roughly every two to three weeks. We we don't have a, a consistent schedule just because we're we're new to this. We're we're just getting our our uh, feet into the water here to start us off. Um, but what we plan on doing after this inaugural episode, which is more going to be getting to know us as hosts and our our enjoyment and appreciation of soundtracks and scores, is to do a deep dive on topics moving forward. Uh, just take a look at things from a fan perspective we are absolutely not experts when it comes to this stuff we we have a good time with it we we enjoy it but we're not looking at it from a musical history sort of sense of it even though we will bring in some elements of research into what we're doing uh, but we are just looking at things uh, from that fan perspective. So so what I thought we would do in this first segment in which I'm entitling getting to know you, uh, is that we'll we'll talk about our our interests and uh, appreciations of soundtracks and scores uh, from from our own sort of personal history. So, uh, Anthony, I think I'll pass it over to you first, and if you want to go ahead and talk about uh, about your your history with soundtracks and scores and why uh, why you wanted to get involved in this podcast. Getting to know you, getting to know all about you, getting to like you. Getting to hope you like me. Uh, sure. Um, first of all, thank you very much for gathering us and kind of bringing us all together. Uh, you did a lot of the organizational work, so I'm really appreciative of that because uh, I am a huge soundtrack nerd, um, and I always have been. Um, ever since I remember playing like early video games, uh, I was always fascinated by the soundtrack as much as like the games. And so a lot of the 8-bit music from the 80s, like Mega Man 2, and there was this weird game called Athena, that is like really etched in my brain and like was a a big part of my childhood um and so i kind of carried that along with me as i was kind of getting older and just kind of like looking at uh, movies uh so i remember the little shop of horrors was a movie that's like 1986 i must have been like six or seven when it came out but i was just obsessed with it and i would listen to it and watch it over and over and over again a matchbox of her own A fence A thrill chain link 
to some weird cinema like I guess like Outlander things as I was getting older and kind of finding all these movies that uh, came out before I was born and I remember uh, in uh, Canada specifically Ontario we had this thing called Much Music and every Halloween they would play Rocky Horror Picture Show and I would gravitate towards that and I absolutely loved it and I remember it was a same thing always on repeat um yeah and then just as I got older it was really something I paid attention to more that as I was watching things or engaging with stuff the scores and the soundtracks uh and the music that was involved was really important to me and it was something that stuck with me on the day I went away was all I had to say. And so every time I would play a game or I would leave a movie theater, like stop watching a TV show, oftentimes I'd be like re uh, remembering the music and I'd be remembering what was going on during that scene when that was playing. Um, and so that kind of led me to just exploring different things. Um, and I have a decent soundtrack vinyl collection um, that I cherish and I love so much. Um, yeah, so which kind of leads me to getting to know you guys. Um, like that famous Julie Andrews song, Getting to Know You. Anyway, um, yeah, that's how I'm here, and I'm looking forward to digging more into not only my own uh, interests and in nerdy experiences with soundtracks, but both Jason and Don. I think there's a lot of fun stuff that we can pull apart and I'm looking forward to getting to know your soundtrack interests as well. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Anthony. So Jason, what about yourself in regards to kind of your history with soundtracks and scores and, and why sort of bring them into uh, the podcast form here? Well, I hope uh, no singing will be required on my part because I'm, I'm not going to do, I'm going to fail it uh, in a way that would be pretty spectacular. So Thanks, uh, Anthony, for setting that bar super high. It seems like we're absolutely we're absolutely going to leave all of the singing to Anthony from the sounds of it. I'm 100% happy to wear that crown and carry that. For Fantastic. <laughs> so for me, it's kind of, you know, thanks for setting this up, Don. I, I don't know that I've ever consumed movies in that particular way. Although now that, you know, like when you reached out to me about us getting together and doing this podcast, I realized that even if I wasn't necessarily enthralled by the music, it played such a huge part in some of the movies that I liked. Um, and I think, you know, I've always loved music. And a matter of fact, I've loved music even before I fully understood, you know, my love for music. And so, you know, going back to when I was a kid, um, you know, slightly older than I think both of you are, uh, you know, there were, there were songs, there were things like, uh, one of the things I'll be talking about later on, uh, Saturday Night Fever, where I'm pretty positive my parents didn't actually let me watch that film at the time. But, you know, it was a pretty big thing right around, you know, like, <laughs> when I was born.
first. That, Michael Jackson's Thriller, The Chipmunks Christmas. Like, these are some of the first records I had in my collection as a, as a kid, and all because I played them to death. I think, you know, going into movies like as a slightly more mature, well, kid and then young adult. I mean, there were movies like The Sound of Music that I would just sit there and listen to, and it's like, not necessarily because of the music, but because of how the music was woven into the story kind of made everything amazing. Or, you know, like even, uh, gosh, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Again, it, it wasn't necessarily about the music per se, but the music had such an integral part in like what you actually take away from that film. So I, I guess it comes from there, but you know, for me, it's just a love of music altogether. So that's that's kind of my perspective. No, that's the, fantastic. I, that's what I hope to bring to these uh, podcasts. No, that's great, and that's I think it's a great perspective. When when I got together with with Anthony via uh, online, uh, Anthony and I really sort of clicked when it came to just how how we have kind of been listening to soundtracks since since youth and really sort of absorbed with them and i'm in kind of anthony's boat with that perspective where uh, my first cd i've ever owned was the jurassic park soundtrack i got a cd player a massive stereo um for for christmas and and inside that my parents got me the jurassic park soundtrack and that was just what i consumed as my first cd ever and I just kind of progressed from there. And, and when we get into the next segment where we talk about our favorite things in regards to, to soundtracks um, and scores, uh, I'll be definitely highlighting some of the other ways that I've consumed it. But when, when we connected, Jason, I mean, it's kind of exactly as you, you talked about. You, you, were, you were tentative getting into the subject matter, but I think you bring such a great perspective with just your love of, of um, music in general. So my history, just as I kind of mentioned there, is is very much similar to Anthony. I, I obsessed over soundtracks and scores when I was younger. My CD case is filled with really obscure stuff that when I went to university, I would always make my annual pilgrimage at the beginning of the year, having worked all throughout the summer to pay for tuition, pay for residence, and to give myself a little bit of spending money. I'd hit HMV and I would go directly to the soundtracks and scores department and I would just consume and buy. And back in the day, I mean, this is 2001, 2002. I mean, those things were like 30, 35, 40 bucks a pop. It was ridiculous. But I was buying like the Run Lola Run soundtrack. And I would go to um, like Chinatown and I would go and, and get bootleg uh, Final Fantasy soundtracks that, that weren't exactly legal or, or um, uh, licensed by Squaresoft. I was absolutely just obsessed with things like that so i was definitely getting into that from a from a very young age connected through through 
the subreddit uh, movie music and there's a great community of individuals who are all sharing exactly what they're really interested in so it's great to get back into it it's great to have you two here with us uh, today um, the three of us are going to have a good time hopefully talking about this stuff uh, we'll get into some really interesting topics I think when we do uh, deep dives um, I know Anthony's got uh, some really interesting horror uh, perspectives when it comes to soundtracks there and I think <laughs> it, we don't want to scare people off now, Anthony. Come on now. <laughs> well, come on. I've already committed to singing, and then now I'm going to take the time to commit to the horror Halloween vibe. Well, the singing is going to draw people in like a siren. <laughs> and then scare them away. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty much the three of us, and I think uh, I think it'll be a, a really fun ride, and we just want to thank uh, anybody who's listening in to, to join us as we move forward, and uh, really, if you want to provide us with some some topics as well, we're more than happy to hear from you, and we'll talk a little bit about that at the end of the podcast, but for the time being, I think what we'll, we'll do is we'll transition into our second segment, Our Favorite Things. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. So what we had done ahead of time is we all looked at our history with soundtracks and scores and and movie music, TV music, video game stuff. So we picked out some really interesting selections that really sort of represented our history with that. So we just kind of detail a little bit, but we're going to go really in depth now into into exactly what we were looking at. So I think uh, we kick off with Anthony again, and we're going to go into uh, into your list, Anthony. You already kind of mentioned a few of the titles that we're looking at, but let's kind of go one by one into uh, and talk about the uh, the different things you were really interested in. Yeah, thank you. Uh, well, so my um, first, as I said, kind of memory of any sort of soundtrack or any sort of music that really stuck with me was the Mega Man Two soundtrack. Um, and it was over at my cousin's house. They had, they were the first in our like extended family to get Nintendo. And I was just enthralled with Mario. Like that was like the best game ever. And it was just such a pivotal point of my childhood. I remember as soon as like we stopped, uh, like, or sorry, we kept going over and they got new video games all the time. But when the Mega Man 2 came up, it just, it like etched itself in my brain and I don't know how to explain it but it was just I could hear it all the time and I was really excited about it and I didn't understand why but uh, I was totally yeah obsessed with the Mega Man 2 soundtrack and back at that time there was no other way to really find the Mega Man 2 soundtrack besides playing it so even now uh, I will put on Mega Man 2 playthroughs on YouTube and just be like Ugh, I'm just gonna engage in a little bit of nostalgia right now get some some nostalgia dopamine um but yeah so Mega Man 2 is like a really big personal favorite that I still to this day uh, will listen to. I will seek out. It's one of my like holy grails on vinyl. Um, there was a bootleg pressing. I don't know. Do either of you collect vinyl? Jason. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I, how do you, either of you feel about bootlegs? 
I don't want to go into a deep, like, off track here. <laughs> oh, no, by all means. I'm just more of like, uh, I want to tread lightly because I do have bootleg soundtracks. And the reason I bring it up is uh, with accessing soundtracks, a lot of times in the beginning, especially when I tried to find soundtracks, I couldn't. And the only way I could get soundtracks was through, like, technically legal means. And it's a frustrating part of the soundtrack experience because I want to pay money to the artists that I really appreciate. And I want to, like, give them kudos at both financially and enjoyability. Um, So, yeah, I know that there is, and this is, again, a big topic that I'm looking to kind of maybe, uh, like, a future episode we can, like, talk about. Mm -hmm. But there is a huge underground soundtrack scene that is all bootleg. Um, and, uh, I don't know if you guys have had any experience with it, but I'd be really interested to talk about it at a later date. So, I mean, okay. I, my side business, uh, away from what I do from a nine to five is, uh, actually a professional DJ. So I, I feel like I'm almost duty bound to say bad, bad, no bootlegs are awful. And for the most part, that's kind of how I live. I mean, I'm big on buying, you know, whatever new or used vinyl I could find that I've been searching for. For me, I don't seek out soundtracks as much. So I could, I could almost immediately see why that would be so much more difficult than like saying, oh, I'm going to find this like classic jazz album, or I'm going to find this really obscure, whatever, fill in the blank genre. But generally speaking, you know, if I can buy it legally, either by buying a brand new album or, you know, MP3 or, you know, or going to like a place that has a pretty good used vinyl inventory picking up that way. That's probably what I'm going to do like 98% of the time. I mean, I detailed a little bit of my history when I was in my, my like twenties or late teens, early twenties. I mean, I was just the only way that I consumed it was going and finding it in Chinatown or, or HMV. That was the only way I, I mean, obviously we are, I believe all of a certain age where the internet was kind of hitting its stride as we were getting into our, our formative years. Um, so we didn't obviously have the access that we, we have today. And for me, it was just a knowledge thing. Like I didn't know about kind of crate digging or finding like proper locations to buy this stuff. Like I was classically uh, an individual who didn't mind whatever the situation was that I could buy my my Final Fantasy soundtracks, my Chrono Trigger soundtrack. It, I kind of I'm sure I'm I'm that sort of bridged the gap between between the the two of you. But I I, I mean really soundtracks and scores they are they're one of those really rare commodities that if you are kind of looking for them really sort of trying to seek them out they were not easily found for for the the longest period of time so i i i'm fine to turn a blind eye in the current situation but obviously we don't promote any any illegal situations with uh with listeners but i mean we we do what we can for for the enjoyment of our our music Absolutely. And that's why I think uh, I like definitely I'm happy to clear that up that I'm like, I love supporting artists. And that is my main goal. Um, But yeah, it is also something to talk about, because there has been a lot of difficulty for me in the soundtrack field of trying to find the things that I like. I've been really lucky also to find some things that my favorites that I all of a sudden will just randomly come to a record shop and I'll turn the corner and all of a sudden exactly like um, Jason, you were saying, I'll dig something and I'll like find the original pressing of the Carrie soundtrack. And I uh, am very expression. I like, I am a very expressive person (laughs) and I can't hide my emotions well. So there's definitely been times when I've found small gems that I've like 
gasped very loudly and people turned their head and I'm like, it's okay. I just found, you know, an original pressing of Candyman. <laughs> and actually not even an original pressing of Candyman. Uh, but I did find the Candyman soundtrack and I remember having a distinct response uh, because I was so excited to find the, finally find the album in its full glory that I could buy and I could listen to from start to finish um, because that was another big one when I was growing up watching the movie. It was like Philip Glass has this like haunting score and it's really scary and it's so beautiful at the same time. And uh, I remember loving Candyman the movie when I was growing up and I could never really find the soundtrack. It was very hard for me. Um, so I was very happy to find that um, in recent years. is the same as yours on Jurassic Park um, I really cherish that soundtrack so much it's such an important part of uh, my childhood um, and yeah specifically there's um, that main theme is just so iconic and so definitive that uh, I really enjoy going back with some composers like John Williams and actually finding original uh samples that are not samples but the, their music before their big stuff where you get to kind of hear hints of what they're going for um and so that was one of the things that Jurassic Park kind of taught me about or kind of showed me was that you can go into an artist's repertoire and kind of see where they they form their ideas and where they can reference themselves and they might go back and kind of take this piece and be like all right what about this and how do I change that and bring it into this and I found some of John Williams stuff actually he not reuses but he'll reincorporate different stuff and you go through and listen to some of the stuff and you'll find hearing common things and I'm like that's so exciting to me. <laughs> fascinates me about soundtrack scores and um, is that artists can evolve and they can change um, and I like just in the same way that you know with bands or musicians I like to see where they go and so it's really fun to uh, see um, music art sorry the soundtrack artists do that same thing and kind of see how they change um, but just to kind of tied into Jason, because I think Jason's going to be speaking next. Um, but the whole concept of, like, soundtrack compilations um, is another big part of uh, my memories of soundtracks. Um, I remember, especially in the 90s, like, I ended up, I would buy a lot of movie soundtracks, like, 
Batman Forever and Austin Powers and like those were my like compilations. So um, I remember even when we were getting ready for this and I was kind of looking at like the different selections that each of you made and um, Jason, you chose the Saint soundtrack and my first thought was, I was like, oh, like Jason says he doesn't listen to scores a lot, but I was like, the Saint is like a score that is pretty interesting. And then when you sent the specific songs i was like oh my god i totally forgot that the saint had a compilation soundtrack and i remember looking at it and looking back now i wasn't familiar with those songs but i'm familiar with them now so like even some of the things that you're going to talk about i'm like oh my god that's like bringing back so many good music memories um so i'm really excited to hear about your interests uh with regards to soundtrack compilations and like um how that kind of shaped you just before we switch over to Jason, Anthony, why the interest in, in horror? Like, I know you brought up the Candyman soundtrack and, and you've talked about Philip Glass. Like, why, yeah. what does horror do for, for you in regards to, like, interest just in movies in general or yeah. uh, soundtracks? Um, I think uh, I identify as queer. And when I was growing up, that was a very scary experience because I didn't really know how to come out. I really didn't understand my sexuality. And I think subconsciously that fear played itself out when I watched horror movies. And it was almost a, and there's actually been a lot of discussion about uh, queer horror and like the links between, there is a huge kind of queer horror scene that a lot of people who are identify as queer or gay or lesbian do enjoy horror. <laughs> and I think it often comes from us experiencing a certain amount of fear. We can experience a certain amount of fear and being able to watch a movie in a condensed time and know that there's resolution was a little bit therapeutic. <laughs> and so I remember I would seek out a lot of horror movies and I would get scared, but I was also just fascinated by the creativity that would go into it and the stories where there's these bad guys that often were triumphed in the end. And uh, I don't know, I love a good final girl. So I wanna identify with that strong female character and follow her journey. And so that really became uh, a common interest for me that I just, really enjoyed horror movies and uh from something like Candyman, i would then look into like weird cult movies and so it just was like a a, a rabbit hole where i kind of saw one thing and then you just kind of seek it out um so i don't know i'm happy to talk more about horror there's so much that you can go into um but yeah it's definitely a a weird, spooky, scary thing for me that freaks me out, but also brings me so much calm and joy. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. Really appreciate it. Jason, your favorite thing. So you had some really interesting stuff on your list, and I I share the exact same sort of sentiment with Anthony in, in re-listening to the Saint soundtrack. I completely forgot about how amazing that was. So I'll let you uh, kind of go into the items that you selected to, uh, to highlight here. So one of the the crazy things that listening to you, I mean, you guys really dissect films in a way in their scores in a way that like, I guess I've never really even wrapped my head around, but I guess the phenomena for me is a little, it's a little different. Cause like for some of these soundtracks, uh, well, some of these music in general, like they'll end up being sort of like, I don't know to what extent you're familiar with like Ally McBeal. But like, mm -hmm. oh yeah. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> to the extent that like some of these songs become sort of like the background music in my own life, I guess that's kind of why some of these things stick with me. 
I, my mind was kind of partially blown while Anthony was talking because I was like, oh, wow, I guess I would never even put horror films, which I'm not particularly a, a like, fan of, but like with the experience of dealing with uh, your sexuality, like, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. But for me, I guess these soundtracks, these songs that I highlighted in particular are just it's a little bit more simple because like they would be so stuck in my head that I would do things like the randomest of things in my life up to this point. And it's like some of these songs would be playing in the background and I just, you know, and I guess it made them stick out to me. Like, you know, I mean, who, I don't know if everybody goes through this space, but like who hasn't had like this moment, like moments like where you're creeping around like the house or, you know, the neighborhood and you sort of fashion yourself like the secret agent type thing. It's like, you know, I, I would be lying if I said, like, I didn't have moments where, like, you know, uh, some Bond track or, like, The Saint wasn't playing in the background. It's like, haha, I did that. I snuck past, you know, whatever. And, yeah, yeah. I'm you know, I'm invincible type thing. You know, even just, like, in my love life, for as long as, you know, like, I sort of thought I understood the word. I mean, like, you know, schoolhood, like, school ground crushes type things. You know, like, the if I can't have you from the Saturday Night Fever uh, soundtrack, like, there have been moments where I've, like, thought it was the weird puppy love type things or, like, girls from, you know, whatever grade I was in at the time that I had not thought two thoughts about, you know, in, like, decades, you know? So it's, like, it's that sort of thing. Disco Inferno, which I mentioned from The Tramps, like, you know, even until I, like, uh, I've, I've had the the soundtrack on vinyl, and I've, you know, I listen to it periodically, but, like, even in terms of paying attention to, like, who did what, for the most part, I don't even necessarily, like, depending on what it is, I'm not even paying attention to it in that way, so for me, it was just, like, just that drive, like, in you know, I, I've mentioned to you guys I'm from Chicago. So like with disco being kind of the precursor to uh to house music, like there's just something about it that I will always appreciate. And I think I don't know if I can say that that triggered my love for house music, but it certainly didn't hurt. driving beat and you know and the one thing that sort of relates to other music that i like is some of those songs didn't have a whole lot in the uh, in terms of like complex lyrics like a lot of times they were very repetitive but it's that repetition in some of these instances that just sort of like really did it for me and i, I at least that's how i think about like you know the disco inferno highlight that i put out there with the saint um you know six underground is and a lot of the other songs that I didn't mention necessarily mention here are, it was kind of like my introduction to like trip hop and uh, sort of like lo-fi and other things that like I'm definitely a huge fan of now. 
it just made me realize that it's like, even though I think I like some of these obscure things, they have a place in, you know, whether it's movie or just like, you know, a greater significance than just like, oh yeah, that song was really cool. Jason's lyric, man, I, you mentioned Anthony, like movies from like the nineties and I don't know what it is about movies from the nineties in particular, but there was such a heavy emphasis on having a fantastic soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And so Absolutely. many of the films that I like, you know, I, I did this with my wife and like uh, brothers-in-law and like other people in the past. It's like you go through and it's like, there were some really iconic soundtracks. Like even if the movie was hot garbage, the soundtrack ah. was like amazing. And I kind of, you know, I realized how much I missed that because, like, you know, there was a rush. For me, back then, a lot of these things I had initially on cassette because, you know, uh, CDs took off sort of, like, in the middle of the 90s. And, like, you know, them being affordable or, like, you know, having a CD player, that happened for me sort of in the mid-90s. So, you know, a lot of these things I'm listening to on cassettes and sort of, like, rewinding and playing over and over again and wearing out the tape and all that stuff and you know it's just like it's a it's a part of me at this point in a way that's kind of hard to describe and then the last thing i mentioned on here i i didn't mention any video games specifically because i guess you know i'm playing you know anthony when you when you mentioned like Mega Man 2 or like sort of briefly talked about like super mario brothers or like some of these other yeah. things all the stuff like in the beginning even before the action starts so it's just like oh this is gonna be amazing and for me i've always been a fan of gladys knight and the pips more so now than i think i could ever appreciate as a kid and just the way she sung "License to uh, to Kill" that for that particular film, it was just so. It was great. that on now and still get chills so i guess yeah that's kind of the first things i thought to put out there in terms of getting to know me musically or at least how i sort of consume you know movie music and uh, soundtracks and such but yeah I, i think that's kind of what does it for me it is amazing how now basically the bond song that can make or break the bond movie i think of even the recent ones when we look at or we had adele doing skyfall and crushing it and then we go into specter and we had sam smith doing it and and that even set it off it's a fine movie it's a great movie it's a great bond film but it just right from the get-go there was just this little bit of a you have this booming sort of return back to the 60s 70s bond themes where it's like huge huge and all of the strings and everything and then sam smith kind of takes it down does a great job but it's just such a different feel that people kind of it it makes or breaks that movie so i think you're bang on with your with the gladys knight with license to kill i think it 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 is absolutely that huge setup to this amazing film that you're going to be seeing moving forward 
Anthony, any any comments on on what Jason was saying? I would say if I had a Bond theme, mine is uh, Tina Turner's Goldeneye. <laughs> nice. Goldeneye. Nice. See? Yeah, yeah. So for for I think in going back to what Jason said, I, I just there was a lot of nodding in the conversation here. There was a lot of smiling. I think you're going to get a lot of nods when people listen back to it as well. I mean, it, it you're exactly right with with what you were saying, Jason. It's it is in listening to soundtracks and and buying scores and playing them and throwing the headphones on you are essentially trying to put it on in the background of your life it is the soundtrack to your life sort of deal and it's that that idea that your actions take on the personalities and the characteristics of the music that you're listening to i did the exact same and while you're talking about like um uh, first loves or or uh, uh, girls back in the day i mean for me the first thing that i that i thought of when i was uh, coming up with with my favorite things was the a nightmare before christmas soundtrack and it was just that sort of really out there, somewhat weird, somewhat sad. Um, it just kind of really represented me. And I would listen to it on repeat every single night. And I was working eight hour shifts and I would just get right into it. But it it spoke to me because that's exactly what I was going through at the time. And, and that's what I was uh, uh, dealing with. So it, it really kind of highlighted the, the soundtrack to, to my world. Oh, somewhere deep. Inside of these bones, an emptiness began to grow. There's something out there far from my home, a longing that I've never known. Um, the other thing that uh, you were talking about that I absolutely went with you there as well, Jason, is is this idea of these soundtracks in, in 90s movies being everything and anything to the movie that it was representing. And for me, it was absolutely the Dazed and Confused soundtrack. I would say in listening to, to Peter Frampton's Do You Feel like we do it, it it hits it hits so hard and it's it's just fantastic like it kind of represents exactly what that movie's all about everybody's feeling this really same way when it comes to the end of of the school year going into the summer and it just it it speaks to exactly what that movie's about and what i wanted to get out of that movie this feeling of these are the days that we're really going to be reminiscing about and, and missing when we get into university or college or when we get into adulthood like you're you're not going to have those free summers anymore uh you're not going to have that sort of luxury of just enjoying the night air and going and partying and doing whatever with friends and driving around very kind of american graffiti which is kind of representing the 50s but from a, a more accessible period from the from the 70s so Um, the other thing I added to the list is does go back to the video game theme that we had kind of talked about. This score absolutely set apart music as not just kind of filling the void of doing the tasks in the video game. Like, yes, the Mario theme is is iconic, but the Mario theme plays on repeat and you're you're doing you're listening to it as you're doing things like you're jumping, you're getting your mushrooms, you're jumping on Goombas, doing whatever. But it was the Final Fantasy VI score, Final Fantasy III for, for Super Nintendo that really demonstrated demonstrated to me like this is now a part of the entire experience you are going to experience the the score to this game completely separately from the gameplay 
completely separately from the the fight system from the action the items but also in a blended way like it is going to tie into everything and i mean those scores are are like three four cds long and they're they're so individually constructed by uh nobu umatsu and he does such a brilliant job creating the music for those video games and it was it was final fantasy 6 that really sort of got me on that track of all right this is something very very different final thing that i added to my uh, my favorite things list was the the wedding um uh, from the bicentennial man score bicentennial man absolutely um comes a little bit later than probably anything else on on my list robin williams doing something very very different and it's just this scene where the robot kind of has um more personality and characteristics than than any previous um, robot or android ever and he's he's showing like growth and emotion as he he watches the the wedding um of uh his owner's uh daughter and then he plays the the recording back in kind of this holographic form and he's sitting with with the father and like the the score just swells and it it hits so hard it hits so well and it's it was the first time i saw robin williams as being really serious and of course later on seeing things like awakenings and goodwill hunting like I, you could see the range in that man and how good he was but the score absolutely was the first thing that re- really kind of struck home as i was starting to get into my my 20s is these are things that are going to start influencing me moving forward are absolutely um some really fantastic selections from everybody and uh thank you both for for sharing and opening up a little bit and i think we're uh we're kind of now a little bit more familiar we're three basically strangers in very very separate locations obviously even further isolated not only by what we're currently experiencing but by distance and and time and countries and all that but uh i i think music absolutely is is a great sort of way of of sharing experiences and getting to know one another and i just thank you both for for sharing those any other thoughts any anything you want to bring up anything kind of trigger in in what we were all saying i mean absolutely i think we're we're all along the same sort of lines of what we were what we're thinking what we brought to the table here but uh, did anything else come up when we were kind of chatting one thing that i guess listening to you that I sort of popped out for me is just sort of that that feeling i think i got when i played uh super uh metroid just sort of how music changes can sort of set up you know, either like anxiety or sort of a sort of like a feeling of euphoria or like you just I have no idea what the context is for this particular song, but it sounds like something super ominous is about to happen at the end of it. I don't know. So that's that's what it triggered for me, I think, just like moments like that. I'm really looking forward to hearing more of all of our stories uh, in those moments where we can say, you know, like picture it. <laughs> it's me. 
listening to this soundtrack and this is what's going on <laughs> yeah absolutely it'll it'll definitely bring up some great stories i'm sure yeah. and yeah i think it'll be a great way to travel back to those fun and maybe not so fun parts of our pasts where we can associate with really good interesting sounds and and music that uh that we can share Right, and that is it for us today. Thank you very much to my co-host Anthony and Jason for being a part of this today. Really appreciate it. Great first episode. Thank you very much. I look forward to talking, discussing, and singing more. And thank you, Don. I will not be seeing more, but I, I'm looking forward to these conversations and uh, you know everything else that it'll trigger and perhaps the therapy I'll need afterwards. And thank you very much to the listeners for participating. So go ahead and find us on your podcast app of choice. Go ahead and download us, subscribe, make sure you give us a review, five stars would be fantastic, and share our links to anybody else that you think would be interested in listening. Uh, we really want to grow our, our uh, listener base as quickly as possible, and we want to make sure that we get our content to, to listening ears everywhere. And of course, we want to hear from you, the listener. So the way that you do that is by sending us an email to eventhescorepodcast at gmail.com. If you have a topic that you want us to talk about at a future date, go ahead and send that along. We're always interested in hearing from the listeners, and we'd be more than happy to talk about it to any topic that you can think of. I am going to share the sentiment with Jason that I will also not be singing just for the, the, the listeners ears and mental health. That's probably for the best. We will leave all singing up to Anthony. So thank you very much for taking on that role. And thank you again to all of our listeners. We really appreciate it. So until next time, thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time with another episode of the even the score podcast. Bye. Later. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect.